Hello and welcome to The Sustainable Psalm, the podcast aimed at celebrating socially and environmentally responsible wine and adult beverages through the use of science and education. This is Brett Zimmerman, Master Sommelier, owner of Boulder Wine Merchant and The Sustainable Psalm, and with me is my co-host Jacqueline Bowen, food and consumer product systems engineer and professional buzzkill at dinner parties. Hi! This podcast was recorded live from Boulder, Colorado. As always, the contents contained within should not be considered legal or medical advice. Good afternoon, and welcome to the Sustainable Psalm podcast. I'm Brett Zimmerman. I'm here with Jacqueline Bowen. Hello there. My uh, partner in crime with this whole thing, and we are very, very excited to have our special guest, Margot Alvarez, with us today. Um, gosh, what can you say? Uh, you know, I can go for about you know, 20 minutes uh, on everything you've done in terms of your accomplishments as an athlete, <laughs> entrepreneur, winemaker, all sorts of things. But certainly if anybody that follows CrossFit would know you as somebody that's visited the CrossFit came, games six different times, uh, owner of gyms or rogue athlete, all these different amazing accomplishments, a personal trainer, uh, yoga instructor, all these, it, you know, yeah. after, one after another. There. It's pretty awesome. But um, you and I obviously uh, made our contact uh, with the goat winery, or it's not the goat winery, but the goat wine um, that you make. And I'm, I'm fascinated by the fact that you've gone from this uh, this fitness world into the wine world and like, continue developing all these things. Yeah, yeah. Give us a quick happen, idea of, of, yeah, of where um, the foundation came from. For sure. Well, I appreciate you guys having me on. Um, so I've always been and like, I always have been involved in the fitness realm, always been active. Um, and I just, I love wine. I love the process. Um, and something we kind of talked about before Brett is just like kind of my name, my background. I was named after Chateau Margaux, which my parents love, uh, wine and they specifically love that region. Mm. And so being named after a very nice region in mm-hmm. France, I feel like it's maybe destiny. Um, I didn't really know that's what I wanted to do maybe when I was younger, but just having some experience and being able to do some home production wine on our farm and seeing how it mirrored a lot of things in life, not only the fitness in terms of training towards a competitive goal or trying to lose 20 pounds, um, but also saw it relate to life and, you know, building a business and going to school, building a career. I just love that the patience that you have to have in the process is really important, but also celebrating those small little wins throughout the process because we spend so much more time in that process. So even though we did home production wine and we did that for a good number of years, in my eyes, I was like, well, if I can share this with other people out there and show them that they can too work hard and wind down, then maybe we can kind of just embrace this experience together and have this community fall in love with both the fitness mm-hmm. and the law. So that's kind of where we started and it's evolved over the time. Um, learning and seeing that it takes a lot more time in terms of the marketing and the branding and getting your product out there, getting people to try the product, getting people to see your name. And you guys probably both know um, the amount of wine and liquor and beer and products that are out there. It's so saturated. So many so choices. Yeah. So many choices. And if you don't, really know what you're looking for, what you're shopping for, then you're like, well, maybe I'll try this because it's a cool label, or maybe I'll try this because I know the person, or maybe I'll get this because I heard it's really good from someone else, word of mouth. And so we've definitely focused on spending more time on being able to get our message out there, align with other individuals in the community. Um, That was a big incentive to why we moved to Vegas. So we live in Vegas now. We've been here almost three years. And Vegas is unique and different in the aspect where you have Lots of people come here. I mean, last year was a little bit of a different year because of the situation, uh, but we had 50 million people visiting each year and they would 
you know, try the product and take it home and hopefully their friends and families in their area, people in those communities get to try it. Um, and so Vegas has been a good spot for that, but I know I just kind of went on a side long tangent talking a lot No, <laughs> no, no that's that's where I started and where I'm at now. <laughs> that's awesome. Though. And kudos to your parents for, uh, for the name too. I, I couldn't help, but, yeah. uh, I re uh, I received an, an offer this morning for the current vintage, the 2018, uh, Chateau Margot that, uh, received three different hundred point scores mm, from three different, gosh. uh, Writing. So at least oh, wow. at least you're named after a fabulous winery and a great uh, great chateau for sure, uh, which is which is awesome. Um, you know, before we get into some of the some of the uh, questions, I, I do want to. One of the things just uh, learning more about you that uh, kind of you know was impressive is is obviously uh, you had a major tragedy in your life with uh, the loss of your sister. And I'm mm. just interested how that kind of defined your. Your, your path and what where you are today and, and how you've developed okay. as a person. It's obviously that's a, a lot to unpack, but the, I mean, just a little bit of a, um, an idea would be great. Yeah, it was, um, I definitely, obviously like having a sister pass or anyone that's close in your life, that's maybe young that you don't anticipate or unexpectedly can definitely put you on um, a different trajectory for sure. And I think because it was so unexpected, it was definitely kind of a moment where I stopped. And I think I, I, I was, I don't know how to not say fortunate, but I was able to have her come to me in a dream when I was flying back. Cause I was in my last semester of university in Hawaii before when she passed. And so I was going back to Montana and she came to me in my dream and it was her way, I think, communicating to me like, Hey, I'm not here, not physically here, but I'm, I'm going to be okay. And I think that gave a little bit of solace, but that was, even though that was, you know, in a dream. And I think dreams can obviously speak a lot to like what happens in life and what we're processing. But I think, having her taking at such a young age and having kind of having her, how she lived life and how she embodied life was definitely a little bit different than I had done. Not that I didn't enjoy life, but she really embraced every moment. She made the most of every opportunity. She had a great outlook where she said, you know, I want to make the most of every day that I have. I want to minimize the regrets that I might, that I might um, look back and, you know, hold in my heart. And I think that's something that I, when she passed, I think I absorbed in a way to maybe honor her life and her legacy. And it was something I was like, all right, well, if, if she's not here, then maybe I can, you know, enjoy life or I can celebrate life for her. Or I can, you know, honor her in some form or fashion. And so I think the first few years after she passed, I definitely struggled with, you know, figuring out how to deal with those emotions. And I, I found that fitness was a kind of an outlet for me. And I really loved running. And I found that I enjoyed running more because I think it gave me a place to just go out and be by myself. And I could be with my own thoughts, or even if I didn't even think, just listen to music. And in a way, it calmed my emotions. And I think it helped me work through those sticky points in life where I was like, man, like, what am I going to do? She's not here. And it's something that my youngest sister, who's four years younger than me, um, she struggled a lot with the passing and she was like, you know, how can I be happy? How can I enjoy life if she's not here to enjoy it with me? And I understood her point. And I get that. And I think it was definitely something that she struggled with and I struggled with, but over time after I you know, found a little bit of outlet through fitness, I think it was something that allowed me to say, Hey, like, yes, yeah, she's not physically here to enjoy this, but she's, whether she's somewhere else, she's able to kind of live through us spiritually or some be somewhere else, or maybe she can look down upon what we're doing and be in that form and fashion. So it was definitely a struggle, but I think I tried to really gain um, strength be by how she lived life. And I was like, all right, well, let me absorb that. And let me, you know, continue on her legacy through that. Yeah. Kind of like a, a, a carpe diem and almost <clears throat> one where, you know, when you're going through that kind of stress in life, finding different types of outlets that just help you get through the day and in the process, you know, it probably also brings you comfort. So definitely hundred percent. And talk about, 
<clears throat> lighting a, a a fire that you may may not have even known that was in inside of you <laughs> in terms of your your success with you know CrossFit and most recently is the uh, you know winning uh, winning your uh, round of the NBC Titan uh, oh, in front man. of what what was that a, a, cool, a cool four million people watching you <laughs> yeah right <laughs> just a few handful of people out there don't mess it up that was that yeah, was amazing. Thank you. Yeah, it was a really cool experience and being able to be on the Titan Games and, you know, share my story and hopefully be able to connect with people that maybe I didn't have immediate connection with or I didn't know through fitness, whether it was CrossFit or yoga or whatever it might be. Um, And just hopefully being able to say, hey, like you may struggle. There may be tough times, but there is light at the end of that tunnel uh, and it's not a train. It is something that's going to allow you to hopefully find some some solace in it. And I think being able to have that platform and, you know, having the rock be able to showcase myself and other individuals with different stories and hardships that they've gone through. I think it was incredible. And I'm just grateful for that. Cause I had a lot of people reach out to me and say, Hey, you know, thank you for sharing your story. I, I also lost my sister. I lost my mm-hmm. mom or lost my brother to, you know, cancer or car accident, or they suddenly passed. And I think it's something where, maybe people aren't comfortable talking about it or they don't want to talk about it. And I think for myself, it's like being comfortable and sharing. I think it's good because I feel like we go through life sometimes like, how are you? Oh, I'm great. How are you? And it's like this cyclical of like, oh, everything's great and dandy and sunshine and roses. Not that it's not, but there's times and discussions and sometimes conversations that maybe we don't want to have. And sometimes having them actually allows us to slow down and really peel back the layers of an onion and get a little deeper into who we are and who we're talking to. And also just how you treat people, you know, I mean, you have, you know, I always, I always think of, you know, you have no idea what's going on in someone's day or what they've experienced and just being, just being friendly and happy and, and living your life that way, I think is really an important thing. Yes. And I I, totally agree. And I do have to ask a question. Uh, What is the, what is the rock like? Is he a pretty cool dude? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I feel like he's the type of guy that you could go have a beverage with. He seems pretty cool. Yes. He's definitely down to earth, uh, very humble, hardworking, um, definitely had a lot of projects going on when we were on set filming. Um, he was filming uh, Red Notice, I believe, with Gal Gadot and Ryan Reynolds while we were also filming for the Titan Games. So he was always making sure to come over and be on set when we were filming ready to go. So it was an awesome experience getting to talk to him. And obviously, he had, his father had passed away right before we started filming. Mm-hmm. So oh, wow. we had, after the filming, we talked a little bit about that and had some conversations, just being able to, you know, give perspective on situations like that. But he's definitely a very cool and down to earth individual. For sure. Yeah. Hmm. Oh my gosh. So how how exactly will walk us through like a day in the life of? Like how do you mix how do you mix winemaking with being like literally a professional athlete? Yeah. So it was um it was definitely Time management and time priority was huge. Um, I've done, I would go back every summer from like 2011 and on after we planted the grapes. And I do for, I do a little bit of time of, you know, harvesting, crushing, doing a little bit of the winemaking, seeing the process. Um, I loved actually being in the farm and like that physical mm. work because that was something I found really rewarding. Um, and when we decided to actually launch the business and company, we had to, my husband and I, Alex, we sat kind of say, hey, like, what's the end goal? And then we had to kind of reverse engineer it, say, all right, well, this is what we're looking to achieve. How do we get there? What are the steps? And so the first kind of phase was obviously get all the grapes, harvest them, drive them over to a custom crush agreement so we can get the grapes ready to be done for winemaking, get them crushed, stored. Once we did that, that was kind of like the first segment, like I said, first phase. And then after that, I was like, all right, now we got to do all the paperwork, legalities, um, TTB, licensing. And so we worked on that for the next few months. And it was tough because I was just talking to someone about this the other day. 
Um, I would try to segment my day. So like in the morning, I'd get up, I maybe have breakfast, do some computer work, do some online work that would benefit for licensing. And then like around 10, I'm like, all right, now I'm going to go and go to the gym for my, you know, six to seven, eight hours of training. Um, and then after that, I would, I would try to make sure like not have my phone or not have my computer around because I'm like, Oh, let me check real quickly. If I got an email or like, if I heard back, um, cause I wanted to make sure that I was in the gym physically, mentally, um, to focus on that. And then at the end of the day, I'm like, all right, you know, had dinner, maybe I'll check on the computer again. So it was a lot of kind of segmenting my day and putting priority in my day. Like, Hey, this day I'm going to do this at this time. I'm going to you know switch from training to the business. And so it was definitely, um, a lot of juggling. I'll say that. Uh, and I had to really break it up into phases because once I submitted everything for the paperwork and licensing, it became pretty much a waiting game, um, until we got the license. So, leading up into 2017, the regionals, which was the CrossFit competition, that one was, I want to say middle of May. Um, I had received notice that we got the license literally like that Monday. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yay, this is awesome. Super excited. Okay. Now I have to focus on competing because this is really important to get to the games. So it was um, definitely a lot of making sure I broke my time into uh, segments throughout the day. And being present with what you're doing at that time, I think is is something that we all struggle to to do it at a high level it seems like you do it pretty well thank you it was it was definitely challenging at times as as there are points for sure where i'd be in the gym and i'm like man i really need to get these emails out i need to make sure those papers are signed i need Mm. to make sure i hear back from them and then when i'd be on the computer i'm like man i didn't finish my accessory work or i maybe i can go back in after this i only did three rounds versus the four that i should have done so it was like mental mindset focus where I'm like, don't kill myself. Don't beat myself up about it. But it's like, I have to make sure that I'm physically, but also mentally present to what I'm doing versus physically being there. But then my mind, I'm like, I should be doing something else. <laughs> this is a little bit kind of removed, but how do you, how did you foster that level of discipline? You know what I mean? Like it's, it's one where it's like, yeah. I got I have a hard time these days, even putting on a pair of pants with a button, let alone <laughs> going to the gym for, <laughs> for six to eight hours. Like how, how yeah. tell me about first, how you get the discipline, because then I, I yeah. think then everything else makes it a little bit easier to fall into place. Definitely. That's a great question. I think it was something just growing up. Um, I did, I was, I loved sports. I loved activities. I loved trying different stuff. And I think a lot of that came from doing Taekwondo for about four, four and a half years. I started Taekwondo when I was eight and this, the discipline and the patience and perseverance that you had to have in the training and in the classes that we took, I think that's something that helped me at a young age that set me up for success, um, for, you know, training at the games at a, at a high, highly competitive level, but also for business. So I think it was partly of doing that for, four and a half years, but then also kind of simultaneously the golfing. So I picked up golf when I was about eight and I did that for about 10 years growing up, you know, junior high, high school. And with golf, I'm not sure if you guys have ever played golf, but the patience that you need mm. with golf and the discipline to say, Hey, I'm going to go and go play for, you know, three and a half, four hours. But then afterwards I'm going to go to the driving range and chip and putt and practice some sand shots, practice my irons. I think it was a lot of time again, at a younger age, it shaped me like, Hey, be patient. Cause if I go and hit a crappy shot off one hole, I can't get upset and say, F it, I'm done. I have 17 more holes and multitude of other shots that I need to go focus on. So I think that helped cultivate um, the patience and discipline at a young age mm. that helped over. And I think also again, having, and I mean, I'm not sure if you've like dabbled in a little bit of CrossFit or classes, but 
people that usually typically find CrossFit in the beginning, they kind of make fun of them saying, Hey, you're the Kool-Aid drinking CrossFit people. I was definitely one of those people. Mm. (laughs) I was very passionate and very excited. And I think part of that, just being so absorbed in it definitely helped fine tune Mm. that, that dedication. Got it. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid now, but it took, yeah. me, it took me, you know, forever. I, I, I was one of the people that was like, oh, I don't want to be a part of that cult. I'm not into that group <laughs> yeah. of people. Yeah, like, I don't want to do that. Yeah, no. But for four and a half years in, I'm uh, I'm, I'm still living the cult life. See, and, you're, you're um, a good person. I did. No, no. It's, I mean, you anybody could do it. It's just, you know, at, like at whatever level, uh, we not all of us do what Margot did with it, but it's, you know, yeah. and it's, I, but it's yeah. cool. Cause you can have, you know, at any level you can, you can get in there and have some fun with it. I climbed Kilimanjaro. I don't know if you remember in, in January That's of 29, in, in tw- January of 2019. So I did a ton of training in anticipation for that. And since That's then I've awesome. been in this whole mode of like, no, no, I'm still, I'm just recovering. <laughs> I'm just recovering now. <laughs> you got to have recovery. Recovery you, you is gotta, very, Recovery very is important. important. Staying hydrated, just yeah. as important as, as recovery. <laughs> yeah. sure. Like the multi-year recovery uh, <laughs> exactly. t- type of a thing. One thing before we get into winemaking, I d- did want to ask you, Margo, is just some of the, uh, just your philosophy with with respect to diet and nutrition. Because obviously that's something that I, you know, just watching some of your social media and some of the uh, the things that you post, it seems to be obviously hand in hand with your your, your fitness journey that it is an important part of a li- balanced lifestyle. Mm-hmm. It definitely is. And I think it's, um, I think it's important to obviously just be aware of, you know, what you're putting in your body, um, what you're consuming, depending, especially on your goals. You're like, Hey, I really want to lose, you know, 20 pounds, but if you're drinking seven Mountain Dews a day, mm-hmm. that's probably not helping you get there. But again, if someone's never been educated or they don't really know, and it's interesting because as I've learned and as I've reached out to different fitness genres and communities and people, there is a lot of people that don't have that education or understanding. And I think I was lucky when I was in junior high, one day before training, before volleyball practice, or sorry, not junior high, my junior year in high school, my uh, volleyball coach came up to me and I was eating a bag of Cheetos. I loved Cheetos and I was drinking a Mountain Dew. And he's like, you're going to eat that before practice. I was like, yeah, he's like, you should really, and he wasn't being rude or mean, but he was just kind of saying, Hey, like, you should really be aware, be a little more thoughtful between what you're going to put in your body, especially before exercising or working out. And I never really had someone say that to me. And I wasn't even aware. I mean, I would drink like Frappuccinos and cream Mm. cheese bagels for like breakfast, like at school. And I'm thinking, man, I didn't think about that, but it just became a little more of an awareness piece to me. So I think we're again, the education of people, like not knowing what they're putting in the body, like, Oh, Hey, yeah, I'll just go to McDonald's and grab a sandwich or I'll just go and like, get some chicken McNuggets and a soda for lunch where it's like, man, I used to do that a lot in in high school. And I've slowly obviously started to understand and learn and research and, you know, be a little more aware of that. And then obviously as I got into personal training, I became more aware of food. And I think food and nutrition and what we feed ourselves is super important. I love reference it a lot to like, you know, you have a car or you have a, a truck that runs on diesel. So you have to make sure you're putting diesel in there to make it run. If you put the gas in there, it's just not going to happen. So it's like, I know that may not apply to everyone in every situation, but it's being really cognizant of like, Hey, you're looking to make a change. Physical exercise is huge and a component, but also what you're eating or what you're drinking also plays a part in that. And balance is huge. I'm all about, you know, working hard and winding down. I'm definitely going to have my glass or two of wine at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to make sure that I'm going to do some sort of physical activity to earn those grapes. Um, Same thing with my donuts. If I want a donut, cool. I'm not going to go get like 12 donuts because that's a little excessive, but that moderation Mm -hmm. and balance and I think a lot of people have a mentality where it's like all or nothing. If I can't do it hundred percent, then I'm not going to do it at all. It's like, well, is that sustainable or is that allowing you to, you know, enjoy life and 
be able to be in that process where like, cool, I'm working towards my goals, but maybe I have a donut here and there, you know, maybe I cut back instead of seven sodas a day, I'm going to have six and then eventually five. So it definitely is important to uh, the lifestyle changes. I couldn't agree more. One of the things you don't want to do is ask Jackie about what you put in your body because uh, she'll uh, she'll shine a light on uh, on things from a uh, contaminants and toxins and all these uh, crazy uh, engineering food science yeah. perspectives oh. that you'll be like, um, what can I put in my body? Yeah, that, uh, I would yeah. say that's one of that's kind of my special sauce. Is I'm just a professional buzzkill at dinner parties, but somebody needs to <laughs> be. You shouldn't eat that. <laughs> <laughs> but it is no, important. I, I mean, I mean, Margot, how 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 concerned are you with with, with uh, you know some of the nutrients, toxins, things that 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 might be included in your food, uh, you know, unbeknownst to you or unwanted type, it, type things. Yeah, I'm definitely interested, and I've I've watched either documentaries or I've watched, like read articles, and it just you're seeing about all these different foods that are coming out and you're like, Oh man, I, I think back to like, you know, a hundred years ago or, or even, you know, 50, 60 years ago, it's like, did they have, did they have those? Like how much are food, how much is food changing or the, what's actually in food or like the greens? Like I remember years ago talking to a friend about like oranges, like in the quality of an orange now versus what it was mm. 50 years ago is completely changed. The nutrients are less. It's not as um, dense as it used to be because whether it's modified or the soil has less mm-hmm. uh, nutrients in it. And it, and it's, and it, it makes me think and it makes me pause like, okay, we're having an issue with people being overweight and obesity and like, okay, well, there's a multitude of things, but is it because people are eating less quality food? They're eating more processed food. They're getting less exercise. They're being, uh, they want a little more convenience where, okay, people now can order from Uber eats and have food delivered to their house. But it's like, well, what else is in there that maybe, you know, peanut oil or sesame oil, all these other things that are being cooked that maybe you never would cook with in the first place. So it's, it's definitely intriguing. And I, I definitely don't know. I, I don't have the experience that you do for sure, but I'm, it's, for me, it's intriguing to learn, understand. Cause it's like, man, it's, again, it's peeling back those layers. We're like, Whoa, maybe we don't want to see what's behind that curtain, but we really mm-hmm. do need to be behind that curtain. For sure. Definitely. Yeah, it's it, I. We're all learning. It's I mean I, I've learned so much just working with uh, with Jackie um, on on just that general awareness when you go into a place and that's you know seeing the the lack of of education or systems in place mm-hmm. with the world of of certainly you know beverage alcohol is is shocking at least at least on the in the food space there's I think more progress uh, being made. Um, but it doesn't mean we can't catch up, right? Yeah. Exactly. I, I was going to say, I mean, you you mentioned that you always kind of, you enjoy winding down with a glass of wine at the end of the day. What is kind of like, what does your diet look like? Like what's for breakfast today? Yeah. So breakfast is, I'll usually, it's kind of evolved over the time when I was competing full time, I'd eat breakfast kind of right in the beginning. Now I eat a little later. Um, I'll usually have like some protein in my coffee and then I'll do like a, if I go to the gym, I'll do a little workout or a shake like after the workout. Um, but breakfast will usually be like two to three eggs, um, two to three pieces of sausages, and then English muffin with bread or with, um, butter or jam, which definitely has sugar in it. <laughs> um, and then, uh, if I'm decided if I'm going to like change it up a little bit, maybe I'll have bacon, but that's pretty much the same every single time. If I'm a little more hungry then maybe I'll have oatmeal with some peanut butter or blueberries, but I mean, now, like I'm saying all this, I'm wondering, I'm like, ooh, are, have you guys researched all that? And maybe there's stuff in there. <laughs> no, I was going to say, the thing I think is great is like you you definitely, you you don't hold back. It's one where it's like, you sounds like you're having 
like savory, delicious meals for breakfast. It's not one where you're, you know, not consuming. That's sounds like yeah. delicious breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, breakfast is pretty much typically the same. Um, and if I have lunch, either I'll try to make sandwiches at home if I'm here. Uh, if I have a busy day and I'm out and about, maybe I'll grab like a protein bar to like tide me over to the end of the day. Dinner will usually be like if we're cooking at home, it'll be some sort of steak or chicken. Um, have to have like I like like to have some sort of like rice or potato, yeah. and then either a salad, either we'll make a salad or some sort of green, whether it's like broccolini, asparagus. Um, so I like to have kind of like a balanced meal. Yep, protein, so like, uh, fiber. Yeah, yeah, protein, fiber, fat, carbs, a little bit of that. Um, and again, like when I was competing full time, I definitely was more cognizant of how much carbs I was consuming. Like I definitely was making sure that I was hitting a certain number. Now I'm not competing as much. I'm not competing. Period. So in terms of the CrossFit realm. So I'm not necessarily worried about that, but more like, all right, am I getting enough protein in? Am I, I'm saying like a balanced diet where it's like, I'm able to get everything in, but I'm having enough to sustain my exercise that I'm doing. Do you <clears> find <throat> that you, uh, do you reach for protein powders to supplement or do you try to stick to like whole food, te- whole proteins in terms of whole foods? If I'll try to do whole proteins as much or whole foods as much as I can. Uh, but if I know, like if I'm going from a gym, going to an appointment or if I'm going to drop off, you know, stuff for an event, then I'll go to protein powder, which I know like whole foods, obviously, and I talk to people like whole foods for sure the go-to, but if I haven't, if I don't have time to like meal prep or put stuff in, like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm probably not bringing any shredded chicken or like sweet potatoes with me, but I know that'd be <laughs> ideal, but I'm like, and it's tough where I'm finding that balance where I'm like, all right, yeah. convenient, like, yeah. what's a little more convenient, but what's still going to help me get me through um, the day so that I can like, obviously have full whole foods. I know if I like to rely on protein bars and protein powers by the end of the day or halfway through the day, I'm like, Oh man, like I definitely need some food. Like I, I, I almost crave it. I think it's refreshing it's to hear that your, your diet is, is the foundation is whole, whole products yeah. and not, I mean, I think there are a lot of people in whatever fitness industry that are, that are, you know, keto or the, you know, paleo or the next, you know, whatever diet you mm-hmm. know phase, happens to be popular at that time but I've, I've always been a strong believer that that eating you know you can certainly limit the amount that you're eating uh, if you're not you know, if, you know if you're not preparing for the the crossfit games um, but rather just going in for you know a simple hour-long workout you might not need quite as many calories so it's but having yeah. grains and having vegetables and having lean prote- proteins in the mix is, I think, is really, really important. Yeah, at Clean Label Project, we've done a lot of investigative work on both protein powders as well as different types of supplements. And so I'm totally picking up on what you're laying down in terms of trying to get as many of those minerals and vitamins and, uh, you know, just the nutrients that you need as a champion through yeah. whole foods as opposed to having to resort to um, supplementation. But where necessary, recognizing that that's an option, too, when you're on the go. So totally mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah. And and it's interesting because like you said, like the vitamins and minerals too, like I'm curious because it's like, all right, well, the vegetables or the food that I'm eating now, like if it's processed or if it's not coming from a place where it was as nutrient dense as before, then it's like, all right, well, am I getting enough within that? Like, do I need to eat like eight cups of spinach to, you know, hopefully make that or get a little closer. And it's trying to figure out, all right, if I can have a variety of diet. And that's what I've told, told, talked to a lot of people and share, Hey, like have as much variety as you can versus eating the same thing. Cause you're only going to get certain nutrients from those certain foods, yes. depending on what it is. Yeah. Such a, such a good point. You definitely, when you go and you test, um, different types of commodity crops, just fruits and vegetables from, you do see regional variability. Um, the way I look at it from an engineering perspective is garbage in equals garbage out. And what we do to our soil and the way that soil is treated 
has an effect on the nutrient density of the food that's grown in those agricultural environments. So you're you're spot on in in recognizing that it, you know, 50 years ago, the quality, the nutrition, the flavor profile of the foods we eat today was probably a lot different. It's it's yeah. even when when you go to farmers markets and you taste some of the fruit and vegetables directly from the farm as opposed to some of the stuff that you may, you know, buy in retail establishments. It it sometimes it tastes like night and day just depending on on where it's grown. Definitely. And I've noticed, especially with like eggs too, like I'm trying to make more of a conscious, like, yeah, you might be paying more for it, but I'm like, all right, well, if I'm getting, you know, cage free eggs, but like they're, or farm fresh eggs where like yes. I go to a farmer's market, like the, the yolks are like, wow. They're like, like orange, orange compared to yellow, yeah. right? It's crazy. Yeah. It's just like the quality looks better. And you're like, all right, I know this is definitely better for me. When you look at the yellow ones, you're like, oh, this almost looks like not even yeah. yellow. In, in the, in the flavors yeah. there too, which I think yes. we're, we're all in it for flavor, right? The mm-hmm. um, well, let's jump into wine. I know. Uh, so Jackie re- uh, referred to your work hard wind down um, hashtag that we see in so, so many of your fun. social media posts, and that's a, that's a that's a Margot stamp right there for sure. I love it. <laughs> um, but it it uh, it leads us into your your role as a winemaker and, and a wine producer, uh, more specifically. And in Goat is uh, is one of your brands, which we have at our wine shop at uh, in Boulder, Colorado, at the Boulder Wine Merchant. Um, Goat yeah. is also the one you referred me to when I needed buy a gift for a friend. This is true in, in Boulder. This is true. And so, this was prior yes, to I'm, anything connected I'm connected uh, to this at all. You're yes, like, no, indeed. this would be this is a good choice. I was like, there you go. Yep. Um, but awesome. where, f- fill us in on just kind of the the path. Where, where did this passion come from? Mm-hmm. The name, and, and, you know, you know, where did you come up with fruit sources from uh, from Paso Robles and so on and so forth? What's uh, yeah. give us the story? So, yeah, so kind of like I touched base earlier, like the the parallels between you know fitness and wine, the winemaking process in terms of you know harvesting the grapes, crushing them, letting them age. It's a a month to year process, if not longer. And I think there's a lot of parallels to that, and like career, family, food life, you know, having, raising a family, et cetera. And I just love those parallels. So being able to share that with people. And the biggest thing, like I wanted to showcase to people is like that you don't, you don't have to like refrain from having any wine. And I think a lot of people that kind of stem from, you know, myself doing this and then competing people like, Oh, do you actually do drink wine? Like, do you actually have a glass of wine? I'm like, yeah, I do actually have a glass of wine too. Like, I'm not saying go crush a full bottle by yourself. And if you do, you know, that's, you know, your own decision, <laughs> maybe you should share it with a friend, but it was all about that balance and moderation. And I think showcasing like the life that I'm living, the goals that I'm working towards, not only fitness wise, but business wise was also allocated um, to the, to the business. And I think being able to start with home production wine was great. It gave me a platform to like learn and understand and see the process. And while we did that, we sourced a small grapes, a small batch of grapes from Paso Robles. Um, and that became the goat. And when we came up with the labels, we wanted to create something unique and different. And like I talked about earlier, like, you know, there's such a saturated industry. How do I stand out? You know, especially if I don't have a physical tasting spot, if I don't have a place that people can come taste the wine, how am I going to be, get them to be attracted or see the bottle and label. And so for the goat, we started with obviously the goat greatest of all time with a picture of a goat. And it actually tended to be pretty popular mm-hmm. as the years went on because people love goat yoga. And so people were like, Oh, goat wine, goat yoga, this is amazing. Um, so that was kind of cool, but also packaging it with wax versus a capsule doing a short fat mm-hmm. hawk bottle versus a traditional bottle, even though the newer vintage um, is more of a traditional bottle with a higher shoulder, shoulder, shorter neck. Uh, our barrier to that entry, we wanted to create something unique and different. So it kind of stops like, Ooh, this is kind of cool. This is different. I'm going to you know, grab this. And within the CrossFit community and the community of fitness, a lot of people are supportive and already there, but it's like, how do I network and how do I reach out to other people? How do I connect with people that don't know me 
Because if I'm not in that realm or I'm not even, you know, aware, people don't know CrossFit, don't know fitness, they're like, well, cool. It's a picture of a goat on a wine, like, you know, what it's about. So I really wanted to create something unique and different. And that's where, you know, like whether it's a hashtag or educating people on the working hard to winding down, the earning your grapes, just being able to showcase like, hey, it's not just about the wine. Like, yes, the wine's good, but it's also this experience that we're sharing Mm -hmm. together, this community feel. Um, And so working in doing everything in terms of the winemaking in Paso Robles, Paso Robles has been great. I love the community down there. Um, amazing people and just continuing to source the grapes and being able to increase case production over the year has been great. Constantly being innovative and trying to think of new projects or new things to do. We've always wanted to showcase not only um, the wine, but also, you know, other people that maybe embrace that lifestyle. So if we can showcase other people that are working hard and winding down, mm-hmm. whether that's, friends that are survivalists or friends that are uh, air fighter pilots and Thunderbirds, or mm. if they're monster truck drivers, just being able to share like how they work hard, mm. how they wind down, um, maybe what their passion is in the health fitness realm, but also how they relax in, at the end of the day as well. I think it's awesome. I also love the goat. I think the goat is such a great, it stands out on a shelf and it's, it's got a great story. The, um, and the the name of the business is it is it the vineyard the the vineyard but v i n e y a r d dot com is that is that if people wanted so more the, information or to order yes yeah, so if they want to go to get more information it's thegoatwine dot com thegoatwine thegoatwine.com, yeah so we have the goat's been the most popular for sure that's one we have in distribution um, with you guys in Colorado here in Nevada Montana and then a little bit in California um, the other one that's been really popular was Cheerson that was dedicated to my sister um, she was huge into art mm. wine painting, cooking. And so again, just dedicating to that, changing the spelling of the name and using one of her last paintings as the label was something unique. And that's something we wanted to do with the labels we had was to not only showcase a unique a unique wine, but also unique label, but also a story behind each one. So mm-hmm. it's kind of, again, you're grabbing a bottle, you're sharing a story. We're getting to experience this, to experience this together. Oh, I love it. There, there's. It seems like there's just so much Margot in your product. You know what I mean? Like there's, it's one where it really almost like personifies you and your, your lifestyle, as well as some of your experiences into, um, into kind of your wine line. I love Thank that. You. Yeah. Thank you. There's definitely a story. It's kind of a cool thing. Um, switching gears a little bit and just Brett and I were talking about it last week with, with our other guest. Um, one of the things we are talking about is just how the wine industry as a whole, I mean, here you are, um, you know, female and wine with which that alone is kind of an, an anomaly. Um, what are your thoughts on getting more women into wine and just the whole concept of uh, inclusivity and diversity within the wine space? I love it. I think um, being able to showcase and educate other individuals and other females out there has been amazing. Um, I think, again, it's just being able to reach out and connect with more people. And it's like, there might be a small percentage, but I think over time it will grow. I just attended um, a woman in the industry last week, like a dinner um, with other women, whether they were bartenders or they were brewers. And this was all in Las Vegas. And I think it was awesome to see other women out there, like, you know, running their business, um, whether it's been five years, 10 years, 20 years, um, and seeing more women in the industry. And it's, it's been incredible because I feel like there's a lot of potential to learn from others whether female or men, whatever it might be. But I think being able to see other women out there, it's like, oh man, like good for you. You know? And I think, I think it's tough because in my eyes, sometimes it's, you know, if you don't ever take that challenge, you don't ever take that step, you won't ever know. So that where there might be a little bit of, you know, intimidation or hesitation, 
Um, so if we can be as supportive as possible in any form or facet versus like, oh, you won't be able to do it or it's really hard. It's like, yeah, there's a lot of men there. Well, okay, so what? Like, let me try, you know? Um, and it's definitely like, it's been great with here in Vegas. I've been able to do, you know, up until 2020, we we're able to do some ride-alongs with some of the sales reps with the distributor and some are men, some are women, but it was great to be able to connect with them because I feel like, again, we're able to, you know, maybe connect on something different where maybe we didn't have that relationship or we didn't have that experience. And now we do. And I think there's more women out there that are looking to, you know, take that step or take that challenge or decide to fulfill and step into that role. I think it's really cool. Yeah. There's so many talented women in this industry right now. It's just, I mean, you know, was it last week or the week before that was the, the highlighted uh, the day uh, focusing on uh, women in the wine industry um, and there were so many social media posts that I that I reviewed seeing just reminds you of how many people, women that are in this industry that are that are leading the charge at the highest level and are just they're just total ass kickers. It's so great to see. They really are just like, I mean, it's no, definitely it's, and that's, it's remarkable. And that's something we really want. We're working on now in terms of being able to grow and get more like more momentum with not only the wine, but also just female leadership out there. We're, we're working with, we're going to be working with uh, some other female leaders and some of them are friends that I've met through the Titan games through the show. Some of them are friends that I've met through the wine. Some of them are friends that I've known all along or some are locally here in Vegas, but like I said, showcasing their lifestyle, showcasing maybe like some hardships that they've had, how they've overcome them. How do they, you know, what's their training like? What's their nutrition like? How do they wind down at the end of the day? Um, but something we'd like to be able to work on and we're, we're getting in the works right now, kind of going through the, the weeds, I guess you want to call it with hopefully opening up a ta- like a fitness and uh, like a fitness gym slash wine bar here in Vegas, where we can mm. showcase um, not only the working out aspect, whether that's yoga or a fitness class, whether it's CrossFit or Zumba or whatever it might be, being able to slowly introduce that lifestyle where like, Hey, you can work hard, you know, maybe get, um, if you want a coffee in the morning, maybe wine in the evening, but being able to showcase other females out there that are leading the charge in their own industry. And one friend of mine that, that really pops up is uh, Laura Zara. She's based out of Montana. And obviously we have that connection from being from Montana. Um, but she's been an outdoor survivalist. She's been on naked and afraid for numerous oh, seasons. Um, but she, she's actually literally in the wilderness now for the past, she's been out there for the past three weeks. We'll probably be there another two weeks, like little, little, literally living off the grid and just being able to showcase her education, um, of how to start a fire, how to find shelter. If you're depending on the environment, like, what are you looking for? And it just, to be able to see other women out there and share the, their stories with other people out there. And it could be, you know, maybe a father has a daughter and he's like, Oh man, I really want her to like see these strong women mm-hmm. and pursuing what they want because then that gives them the possibility of like, they can do it too. And I've had plenty of, whether it's dads or moms that bring their daughters and they say, Hey, like they look up to you or they want to be as strong as you. They want to deadlift like you. I'm like, man, like it gives me goosebumps. Mm. I'm like, it's like, Oh, like, I'm like, I don't cry, but I'm like, that's just so awesome. So I was like, I think if we had more of that, or at least be able to have more visibility of that, then that allows them to say, Hey, like there are endless opportunities and reaching out to areas or communities that maybe don't think that they have that option, but now that they do, or now that it's a possibility. So I think uh, that's something we're working on now to hopefully be able to showcase more of that here in Vegas and eventually grow outward. Definitely. Is is Vegas, is Vegas like just in terms of having a, a wine brand, is Vegas like an emerging hub or I feel like I've seen a lot of stuff, at least within like the, you know, kind of fitness space happening in, in Vegas. Is that, is that true? Is it yeah, kind so of I like Vegas? Vegas 
Yeah, Vegas is definitely growing. Um, it's been growing, I feel like, for the past like 10, 20 years. I mean, slowly growing. And now I feel like it's definitely emerging. There's a lot more people moving here. I think a lot of people are leaving the coasts and moving here. But in terms of the fitness, there's definitely been a huge presence here within terms of the bodybuilding world and bodybuilding competition. Okay. Um, it's definitely growing within the CrossFit realm. And I think Vegas has always been a very good spot for um those that are doing triathlons or Ironmans because the climate obviously is good for the most part. Like it's really hot during the summer, but you can still wake up in the morning early and go to do your mm. training, triathlon training. So I think a lot of people are active here. A lot of people see Vegas as, Oh, this big party, you know, gambling casinos, which it definitely has on the strip. But when you get off the strip, you have this kind of small community that a lot of people know one another. It's a lot smaller than people anticipate, but there's this very eclectic mix of individuals that are all here to work towards their goals, but also very supportive of those, whether you're in the industry or, or you're in some other field. And something we'd love to be able to bring is, you know, there are some wine bars here, but we'd love to be able to bring that, that tasting experience where it's like, Hey, we're blending that fitness and the wine. And as far as I know, there isn't necessarily anyone that's promoting both of those. There are some people that maybe they were in the sports and they have their own wine brand or their own wine company or even different alcohol. Um, but again, my whole message is, you know, blending them together, no pun intended, but bringing the two that you can have both that you can have the fitness and you can have the wine, but it's about balance and moderation and everyone has their own, their own balance, but it's like, how do we create this, um, to be, have like a lifestyle change? You, one of the things that you, you mentioned is kind of merging fitness as well as kind of like adult beverage and, and wine. And obviously you've got like fit vine out there that has been you know, positioning themselves as kind of being this better for you. And some of those other trends in addition to better for you would be like certified organic, biodynamic, uh, natural, um, more transparency on product labels. Where where does your brand kind of fall within within that realm and in, in terms of embracing any of these emerging trends? So I've never I've never been out there like, hey, like my wine's better, has less sugar. I didn't want to focus on that. I wanted to focus more on, you know, appreciation of the experience, appreciation of the wine. Um, and we focus in the beginning, we were focusing a lot on like people maybe that loved fitness and maybe dabbled in wine or sipped in wine. But now we focus a lot more of people that love wine that maybe dabble in fitness a little bit more. Mm. But I think being able to be honest and straightforward, people like, Hey, like this is the wine. These are what, this is what you're drinking. Cause I know a lot of people have asked like, Oh, do you have less sugar? And I'm like, well, we're not adding anything to it to make it taste different mm. or, you know, adding unfermented grape juice to have it taste sweeter but it's tough because if you have you have larger companies or brands that are you know trying to mass produce and you don't really know what's in the wine. And I've had a lot of people ask me like, oh, like, or they tell me like, hey, I've drink red wine. I get headaches from it. And like, it could be a multitude of things. It could be, I mean, if you're allergic, that could be one thing, um, depending on if there's something added to the wine. It could be if you're, I mean, if you're allergic to yeast too, that's different. I mean, there is some, you're going to have, you have like the wild yeast, obviously that you could do, but then obviously yeast is, you know, to start the fermentation. Um, but I think, I mean, going forward to being able to be transparent with people or be able to say, Hey, like, this is the wine, this is what we're doing for me. It's always been, obviously I want to, I don't want to fabricate or add things to something to that's going to change it, especially with wine, where I feel like wine should be different each year because of the climate, the grapes, there's going to be a little bit of variation in soil. Um, but for me, it's like, all right, my message is that you enjoy it. You get to celebrate the day, you know, you get to earn your grapes, you get to have it but also say, Hey, I'm not wanting to put anything else out there. That's not good for your body. But again, it's about balance and moderation. But I know like, for example, if like fit wine, I know they're saying, you know, it's less sugar, it's better health, healthier for you. 
um, my whole stance has just been like, hey, you, you know, deserve this. You've worked hard. You now can enjoy your glass. Yeah, your nothing wrong with getting giving permission to indulge once in a while, especially after, yeah, yeah work hard, wind down, right? And if your fermentation is dry, it may or may not be less sugar. You know, it's just a marketing, <laughs> yeah. marketing side of things. Yeah, but I, sure. I, you know, I, I yeah. applaud you for taking the lifestyle approach and really diving in deep to that. And I think just sitting here uh, while you're while you're talking about this concept um, for customer experience in a wine bar type of a thing, I think that could absolutely crush it. I was actually listening to um, the news this morning, and they were talking about Dick Sporting Goods starting this whole new like the two different places we're going to have like a massive campus where they have like people throwing footballs and doing all sorts of different like activity. Um, and this oh, could really? be like the same, same type of a thing where you get people doing fitness and activity and stuff. And it's not, it's, it's not that retail's dying. It's like, you know, you got to reinvent yourself. And now all of a sudden, like if it's this retail experience where you're actually getting, you know, like a kind of a lifestyle fitness and health and wellness and, and also like understanding like, Yes, you can have a glass of wine at the end of the day. Yeah. You might not need yeah. 10 of them. Have one yeah. glass of wine and <laughs> yeah. make it quality and, and so yeah. on and so forth. And yeah. people people don't forget that. They really do. So I think yeah. I, I, I love the concept. I think it'll do great. Thank you. Yeah. And I think, again, just being able to educate and share people. Hey, like, and I've noticed there are different um, like groups of individuals that, you know, maybe they, some people don't care. They're like, hey, I really want my wine. I, I don't really care about the fitness. I just want to enjoy myself and I'll enjoy my glass or enjoy my bottle. And everyone's a little bit different, but just saying, hey, like maybe those people that are a little interested, like, all right, you know, I do love my wine. I don't want to give it up, but I want to lose a couple of pounds. Like, all right, maybe we start walking. Maybe we add a little bit of fitness in there. But again, just it's that lifestyle change where a lot of people don't want to give up their wine or their beer or their bonbons that they eat on the couch, whatever it might be. <laughs> so it's like, all right, cool. How can we find something to implement some activity into your lifestyle that again, it's just, it's sustainable, but it's also longevity. We're looking for longevity. So if somebody, let's just say I'm asking for a friend has an addiction to a to peanut butter cups, you would just say, <laughs> just eat one peanut butter cup, not both peanut butter cups. <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. So yeah, I would say like, if you have, if you like to keep lots of peanut butter cups in your, um, your closet, maybe just keep like one peanut butter cup in there. So then you open the package. And like, for me, I know if I have a package of a peanut butter cup that has two in there, I'm more than likely 99.9% .9 is going to eat both of them. So it's like, all right, I'll have one. Then I'll wait a little bit. I'm like, Oh, I have another one. I'll go back for the next second one. Um, but then keep it to like that one package a day. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> good information to re relay to your friend. Your friend is going to appreciate that. Definitely. Thank you. For a friend. <laughs> Let's move on to social media, which uh, I think you do such a great job. And I know Alex is involved with that as well uh, to, a, mm -hmm. to a degree. When you, when you guys came out and spent some time at our store, he was uh, he was the master with some of that stuff as well. But um, just tell me a little bit about your, you know, what social media is to you as, as, as it you know, relates to fitness and or to the, uh, the winemaking and uh, wine brand stuff and how that ties into your life. Yeah, it's so it's definitely um, a way like an outlet to connect with people, um, whether that's locally here, people live here or people live halfway around the world in another country. So it's been a way to connect with others, have conversations, whether it's, you know, giving advice about fitness or the workouts or the wine, talking to them about the wine. And I think it's been it's, it's been interesting because I've seen the evolution. I mean, I imagine time frame wise, I didn't grow up with social media. So seeing how it's become such a pivotal role, it's um, it has a place in terms of being able to network with a lot of different people, be able to get your brand out there, your name out there. Um, and it's crazy because I've met some amazing people through social media and be able to connect with them 
not only in the fitness realm, but the wine realm as well. And I think it, it definitely has a place to be able to connect with others in ways that maybe we never would have had that option before. It's definitely something that I've, I've watched more people get on as well. So it's at the same time, it's very saturated as well. Like just like the wine industry where it's like, there's so many brands, there's so many different pages out there. There's so many different types of social media. Now Instagram is one that I've spent a lot of time on in terms of being able to showcase my story. And I think a lot of people, they want to be able to connect with individuals and they want to see, you know, what your life is like, or the kind of the, the focal point or the viewpoint from your eyes, right? So what, what am I seeing? Like, what am I able to share with them? And I think a lot of people when they do that, they're able to relate or they say, hey, like you're just another human versus, you know, being this CrossFit athlete or being a winemaker. And I think for me, it's it's just an opportunity to connect with other people and share my story. And I think a lot of people want to be able to relate to individuals. I mean, we're humans. We like, we gravitate towards, you know, cities or living in areas where other people are around because we want that human connection. And I think it's another way to have that. I personally love in-person, obviously, communication mm. best because I feel like we as humans can thrive a lot, a lot more on that, but also you get to read the people, you get to physically see them, interact with them, laugh, cry, whatever it might be. But I think if you don't have that option, then this is the next best option where social media can, you know, fill that void for a little bit. And one question I have is how do you, how do you manage, you mentioned earlier in the, in the podcast that you, how you compartmentalize and kind of focus and you're present with certain things. Do you apply that same philosophy to social media. So you don't, I mean, it's so easy for people to just get wrapped up looking at their phone all day long, you know, browsing, answering questions, whatever it is. Is there a period of time during the day that you focus um, to, to do some of the social media stuff? I try and that's something where I've struggled a little bit more where it's like, it's very easy because I have my phone anywhere I go. It's my way to get directions is my contacts is my messages, my emails, my social media. So it's very easy to go down the rabbit hole. And I described it to some people where it can be a double-edged sword. Cause like you said, you can go on there and like be scrolling and answering messages. And then you're like, Oh my gosh, an hour just went by. Mm-hmm. And I got some messages back where I connected with people. So I've tried to, again, segment like, in the morning, I'll, I'll spend like an hour if I'm doing computer work or if I'm doing my phone work, I'll try to do that while I'm stretching. So I'll try to segment that a little bit. It's definitely, I've noticed it's a little harder than if I'm on the computer because the computer I can kind of put away and get off and I don't have the social media on my on my computer, but the phone is a little bit more difficult. So I try to segment time. Um, I've noticed sometimes I'll be on there a lot more than I want to be. And I notice that I do a better job at night where I'm like, all right, at the end of the day, I'm eating dinner. I'll try not to get on there and in a way disconnect. Cause if not, I could be on there for like another two hours. And mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh man, I'm on my phone for two hours. My eyes are tired. My thumbs are tired, but it's a, uh, it's tough. It's, I feel like it's a double edged sword sometimes where I think it's great for connecting with people and great to respond to messages and be able to be accessible at any point. But I feel like sometimes that pulls us down that rabbit hole. where like, we're constantly accessible. So if someone doesn't get back to you, it's like, well, why didn't you message me back? Why mm-hmm. didn't you respond? And it's kind of like, well, I have other things that I need to get done or other things I accomplish. And it's like, you know, it's not everything going to revolve around my phone. And so that's where I've noticed it can be, um, it could be not so good at times. I will say that. So just like the peanut butter cup, you got to have, you know, you got you to manage that, have a little bit of peanut butter cup and then go back. Yeah. So, and I got it. I've definitely realized recently where it's like, I, if I spend more time on my phone, the more and more time I spend on my phone, I'm like, man, I'm starting to get irritated or short. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to put this away. Mm. And it's very easy because it's like, oh, I need something. Oh, an email came up. Oh, a message came up. Oh, I need this. Or, oh, a reminder for that. And I'm like, it can be very exhausting and draining. So I'm like, if I can just put that away for like 20, 20, 30 minutes, maybe an hour, and then have some peace and time to myself 
then it's like, I feel a bit less stressed. I'm like, all right, I feel more relaxed, I'm more calm. I've definitely noticed that. So I'm like, all right, if I can do a better job of segmenting my day, like, cool, I'm going to spend two hours here, maybe an hour there, maybe 20 minutes there. I know it's definitely going to be advantageous um, for my mental health too, I think. <laughs> it's good advice. It's definitely yeah. good stuff. Um, so yeah. speaking of which, we're going to uh, let you uh, enjoy the rest of your day. But before, I just <laughs> have two quick fun questions. Uh, we like to finish up with a little bit of a lifestyle question. Um, and I, I noticed that you were born in uh, the 85 vintage I've personally mm-hmm. had some epic 85 uh, <laughs> wines, 85 Sasakaya, 85 Cristal Rosé, um, two of nice. my favorite uh, wines. I want to party with you, Brad. Uh, just, it's good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a regular uh, night type of a thing. But are there any, have you had any great wine experiences from, from, your, uh, from your birth vintage? Yeah, so I've actually had an 85 Chateau Margaux, and that was amazing. Um, that was really incredible. I enjoyed that. And then I've also had an 85 uh, Port, Dallas Port, and that I really loved as well. I love Port. Um, I'm a sucker for that. So definitely enjoyed that. And that lo- lasted really long. A lot of sediment in that, but it was uh, very good at the end. <laughs> at the end, there was a lot of sediment. But it was uh, it was really, both of them I enjoyed very much. Vintage Port, uh, the, the decanting uh, is is critical on that. They uh, And I wish yes. more people drank Port. I was drinking Port. My uh, my father-in-law turned 70 the other day. We got to the finish, oh, awesome. to the completion of a uh, meal. And he said, would you like to have a glass of Port? And I said, well, yes, I would. It's so delicious. Okay. It really, really is, <laughs> it is. great. It, it is, definitely is very much. Good stuff. And one one final question: uh, What's your perfect idea of a of a dinner party? Is there any particular you know? If, is there a you know? If we take the whole nutrition and everything outside, is there a <laughs> is there a a lavish mm. meal and wine wine pairing component that uh, that is ideal for you? Oh man, I my go to I love like steak with sautéed mushrooms and onions, just because that gives a little bit of that caramelization, gives a little bit of sweetness. Um, so I would say that's a kind of like go-to maybe as an appetizer, like a shrimp cocktail. I love shrimp cocktail. Maybe and a I would peanut say, oh. butter cup on the side. <laughs> yes. Maybe peanut butter <laughs> cup for dessert. I am a fan for dessert. So I love, um, I love an Albarino. So mm. maybe pairing the Albarino, um, with the shrimp cocktail. I love, I mean, I love trying new wines and being able to experiment with different wines out there, but the Albarino is something I've kind of gravitated towards a lot more recently. Um, and then, I mean, I love, blends but i also it's one i don't get to find very often is a like a petite syrah or even i mean i, I definitely could see it more of a syrah single varietal but a nice petite syrah or even a petite bordeaux single varietal that would be a nice uh nice wine to have with a steak i would say that and of it. course a port a little glass of port mm, with uh with the peanut butter cup there you go <laughs> <laughs> i do love peanut butter cups so i'm definitely down for that that is perfect <laughs> awesome Margo, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day. I know you have so many things going on. Absolutely. And you're just you're... so strong in mind, body, and spirit. That It's like total epitome of girl power. I love it. Thank you so much for this amazing stuff that you're doing and how influential even to like young women. That is fantastic. Thank you so much. You're such a pleasure. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. I enjoyed our conversation a lot. Absolutely. And we'll keep uh, at the wine shop. We'll keep... Uh, promoting the uh, the goat wine and anything that you do yes. and supporting who you are and what you, what, what you represent. So thank, thank you, you well, for I'll everything. Hopefully we can do a in-person event soon. Absolutely. We look forward to it. We'll have you guys out to Colorado again and make, awesome. uh, make a party out of it. Yes, awesome. Thanks again and enjoy the rest of your day. All right. You too. Bye-bye. Take care. This was brought to you by The Sustainable Psalm, the podcast aimed at celebrating socially and environmentally responsible wine and adult beverages through the use of science and education. 
For more information on the Sustainable Psalm, please visit us at sustainablesalm.org and check us out on Facebook at hashtag sustainablesalm and Instagram at sustainablesalm.